Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I have helped hundreds of men. Maybe we're into the thousands now. I don't keep that good of track of my numbers, but I know we're at the very high hundreds. I've helped so many men get their banter skills in shape so that they're able to get women off of the internet or off the street and onto a date. Guys that don't know how to talk or have rehearsed plan lines or bad pickup artist moves don't get the dates. Girls want authenticity, and I can teach you how to authentically banter, create attraction, flirt, tease, tease without offending her. I know that's a big thing you guys are always worried about, and be that smooth, easy breezy guy that you've always wanted to be. You can't do it unless you put in the work. So email me at kristen at kristenandchill.com, and we'll work something out. I want you to get your banter skills in shape. And if it's not your banter skills, I can make you a kick-ass profile. I've got the eye for it, baby. I know what women are looking for and I get guys so many matches. Why let all those guys get the matches when you can get them too? So again, email me at kristen at kristenandchill.com and we'll figure out exactly what you need to get your dating game where it should be, which is way up high. Right now, it might be ankle height. And unless you have really, really, really high ankles, that's not very high. So I'll hopefully see you at kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Ask Women podcast. We hope you guys are having a great winter holiday season. I know... I am because there's like eight feet of snow in upstate New York and I just feel like sunbathing and and galloping in the fresh (laughs) air. It's just amazing. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, of course, here with Marnie Kinris. And today we have Adam Sosnick, who is the host at Valuetainment. He's a financial expert. And most importantly, for our purposes Mm -hmm. today, he is a pro networker which can be applied to your dating life. So that's what we're going to mm-hmm. get into. So Adam, mm-hmm. thanks for hanging out with us today. Awesome. Great to be hanging. Don't be jealous that I'm here in Miami. It's 70 and sunny and we're having a good time. But you're more than welcome to join us, Kirsten. Maybe one day <laughs> if my skin gets any paler. No, I know. I'm the same thing. I'm the same thing. I'm 72 and sunny in Los Angeles. Yeah, you're so. good to I'm go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Adam, okay, so... I want to hear some background on you because I want to understand how you learned to become a pro networker. I'm going to talk to our audience about why networking is super important for dating after you explain this. But I just want to hear like, how did you and how do you become a master networker? Yeah, good question. So it's not like one of those things that you like, I'm going to school for networking or anything like that, right? (laughs) They don't teach that in college? There isn't a course for that? There should be. I would have bombed. Yeah. (laughs) What's funny is like I had to accomplish a bunch of things in my life and have many different careers to even sort of label myself a professional networker. Oh, interesting. So like just to back up a second, like so right out of college, my first job out of college, I was doing sales for Clear Channel, which is now iHeartMedia. So I learned sales. They said, if you could sell air, you could sell anything. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm learning how to sell air. And then throughout my 20s, I grew up in Miami, Miami Beach. I'd always throw parties. I was in the nightlife business. I started a hospitality company, worked at clubs, bars, restaurants, like the whole thing, 
all throughout my 20s. I was a stand-up comedian. I was just like sort of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, right? Right. You know, so I, I say that I have made a million different connections. And, I, you know, it's funny because looking back at it, I've made my money being in finance. I got out of the, I basically was like, I, then I, from there, I was like, all right, I'm sick of partying and waking up at noon every day. It's fun. I'm getting paid in laughs and drink tickets at clubs, but I'm not making a lot of money. Right. And I wanted to do something to enable me to stop waking up at noon every single day even though I'm in South Beach and I'm partying and, and connections and access, but you're just living your life. I'm not like, oh, I'm a professional networker. You're I'm right. 24 years old. Like I'm just like a dude getting by. And I started teaching. I started substitute teaching. So that's why, you know, one of the reasons I had to be up at 7 a.m. from yeah. time to time, one day a week, which turned into three days a week. And so the point is I was doing all these cool things in nightlife and stand-up comedy and even teaching, but I was broke, like making no money whatsoever. I had a connection with uh, a guy that I had met via another guy I had met via a sports agent that came to South Beach and some sports connections I had that was like, hey, you'd be great at sales. I'm looking for some new sales guys for my startup hedge fund financial firm that I'm working on. It's an hour north of Miami and called Boca, Boca Raton, like everyone's grandma lives in Boca these days. So I did that and I was just, smiling and dialing like if you've ever saw wolf of wall street or boiler room like that was me i mean not the illegal stuff but just the calling of the phones and i've been doing this i've worked for that same firm for 17 years now right so like being consistent and persistent now i'm the vp of sales of this massive fund that's very successful then in the process of all my sales and connections, I was the guy that they would send on my company's behalf to all the trade shows and the conferences and the meetings. Like, Because you could chat people up, obviously. I'll yeah, chat you're it up. A talker. What up? I used to be in nightlife. I'm talking. But yeah. like, more importantly, I'm a listener. I can talk. But like, when some, someone listens, like active listening, if you ask me like the one class that I remember in college, I took a listening class. We all just it took a million classes in college. <laughs> they have a listening class? Exactly. Seems like every class should be a listening class. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But they don't have a networking class, but they have a listening class. Interesting. They should. I don't know what they have now. I went to college. Uh, you know, holy shit, it's been like 20 years at this point. Yeah. But, I think they have complaining classes now. Yeah. Uh, facts. We can go down that path, Kristen, for sure. But I met 10 years ago at this point, this guy, Patrick, but David, massive, massive entrepreneur. He's the CEO, founder of Valuetainment which is now I'm his partner in the valuetainment business. We have, we're starting a podcast network. So the point is this, if you asked me maybe a couple years ago, like, Adam, who are you? I'd be like, I'm a former nightlife guy, now financial expert. And that's how like I got into the money game and into podcasting. But now that I'm looking back at it, and I can kind of take like a, a deeper look at where my success has come from, whether it was nightlife and hospitality, whether it was sales, and going to conferences and being that guy at, at meetings and doing all that, whether it's doing podcasting and, and having conversations with guests and celebrities and influencers, if I can take sort of a larger look at things, it's like at the end of the day, what has given me success is my ability to network. So mm-hmm. like the definition of networking is the interaction with other people. So mm-hmm. I always look at it like interaction, the keyword action with other people. So you actively have to get the out of your house, yeah, you know, and go talk to people. Yeah. And that's what networking is. So I think there's a lot that goes to networking, which we can discuss. But sure, I'm a financial expert. I've made money in that. And I've done hospitality, nightlife. I own a bar in South Beach. All that we do podcasting. But more than anything for me, I would consider myself a pro networker. Which I love. I love that background story. And I like that you also were able to look back on everything and say like, what is the common thread here that's made me successful? And so why why I wanted to talk about this for this show, for the guys that are listening is because what you're talking about is something that I would love every single guy who is listening to this show to apply to his dating life. Because somebody Mm -hmm. that can pull people together, that can make things happen and that can connect other people or connect himself to certain people, that's a huge asset in your dating life. So I'm going to throw it back on you. How would you advise guys who are listening who may not be as outgoing as you, right? Like may not Mm -hmm. be the nightlife guy, may not be that super schmoozer. How do they start to apply 
networking to their dating life? Like how can they use this to meet more women and really to have more fun? How do they how do they do this? Yeah, I will say that like I'm an extrovert, right? right. So I generally enjoy getting out there. Hey, what's up? Like that comes from my hospitality background. So I'm aware there's going to be people listening to this who are more of an introvert. They're like, well, that's for you, bro. That's not for me. But okay, sure. That's a good excuse. But if you want to go out and meet people, like, are you just going to make an excuse that you're an introvert or you don't like going up to talking to girls? Like, These are just excuses. Or are you going to do something about it? So are you talking about just like going up and talking to girls or just dating or just how that works? I'm talking about all of it. Like, how do you use networking to your benefit in dating? Because I'm very similar to you. I like pulling people together. I like connecting people. I like creating social gatherings. That's in me to do. And it may not be in other people to do. But like, how can they lean on networking? Or how can they... Mm start applying some networking skills to their dating lives. Because like so many people are online right now, right? That's where they're meeting people. How do we get people offline into the real world? Like what tips can we provide to the guys listening? Let's get clear. So let's start with the problem that's existing today. We can talk about many of the benefits of social media and technology. Like look at us. Like I'm in Miami, Marty, you're in in LA, Kristen, you're in New York. This is amazing. We're having a conversation right now. That's awesome. But there was an article that just came out in the Washington Post, and they've been tracking numbers for the last 10 years, 12 years to be exact, starting in 2010 to 2022. And people are spending more time alone than ever. And it's even worse amongst teenagers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, let's say you're a 16 year old girl or a 17 year old boy, and like you're going through middle school and high school during COVID and you're on lockdown and you're not around people. I think what, you know, I called myself the oldest millennial, right? 1980 is like the cutoff. But I remember times where it was like, I give this analogy if I wanted to go call a girl or talk to a girl in the 90s, I would have to, there was no cell phones. No, there's no beepers. I'd have to call the house. And like when you call the house, ring, 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 who answers? It's the dad. Yeah. Hello? And you're like, hang up, hang up. Yeah. (laughs) Emergency. Is Kelly there? And they're like, who's this? I'm like, oh, it's Adam from school. And like, what do you want? It's like, and you have to kind of like overcome that. Right. And then like Kelly gets on the phone. So you have to you have to deal with the dad. Yeah. And now you have to Mm -hmm. actually man up and talk to a girl who you're nervous about anyway. So you're dealing with all these hurdles. Well, now today you could just be home in your in your room and just slide in a girl's dm hey what up so i think like more than ever people need to understand like this new technology has enabled a lot of great things but it's also been very like it's been a negative in in many sense so it's you're spending more time alone and i think that's just a problem in general so we're spending more time in your loan and they've only tracked like whether you're with others or whether you're alone and this is my opinion if you're alone, you're on your phone. Yeah. Like you're not like nobody's spending 10 hours in the gym more than usual, right? Like TV existed prior to social media. So you're on your phone. So the challenge getting back to that is that you're not interacting with other people enough. Yeah. Okay. Whether that that's just in life. Okay. And now we're not even talking about work, dating, life, relationships, all that. So that's the challenge. Then, okay, if you're like, good, I get it. I'm going to get out there. You have to understand that anything in business, whether it's business or relationships, it doesn't matter what business you're in, Marnie, whether you're in men's coaching, whether you're in real estate, whether you're in investments, whether you're an engineer, no matter what business you're in, you're in the people business. People like doing business with people that they like. So the same thing works for relationships and dating. Like the whole like, hey, I'm a pickup artist. I'm gonna slide up on this girl and talk to her. Like it's antiquated. If you just show up, whether it's a business meeting, whether it's a luncheon, whether it's a girl at a bar and you're not creepy and weird and you're just generally confident and you're cool and you're just like, hey, like what's going on here tonight? What's like asking questions and just opening up dialogue. That's the perfect segue to just a conversation. 
So I think ultimately what it comes down to is like getting out of the house, having enough confidence and understanding social dynamics. What does that mean? When to speak, when to listen, when to lean in closer, when to tell a joke. Tell us about all that. Tell us all the rules for that. I want to hear about this. So when do you speak? When do you listen? Actually, Kristen has a question. So go. I'm going to listen. (laughs) Maybe some guys listening would have the same perspective as me. It's changed as I've gotten older. But when I was younger, in my mind, networking was douchey. It was for (laughs) douchebags. Now, I'm not trying to call nightlife in Miami douchey. Oh, I've been called way worse. So, dude, yeah, sure. Yeah, but that's basically what I'm saying. Why do you think it was douchey? Because it was like, to me at that time, being younger again, it was, it felt insincere and it felt like the guy just kind of doing it for his ego and he wants to climb a ladder and he wants to get something from you. Mm Because with networking, it seems like there's some sort of, exchange of goods in a way. Like I'm going to go out and I'm going to network and I'm going to meet this person and I want to meet this person because that person can help me get here. And then that person can help me get there. Mm -hmm. So it Mm -hmm. seemed like people using people for their own social status or for work and stuff like that. I've changed my perspective as I've gotten older because I see the value in it more. But for guys who see it that way, because like, so I wouldn't network because I felt like people could see through me. Like, oh, they think I'm only talking to them because I want something, which is kind of the case. Like I want to, mm-hmm. I do stand up, So it's like, I want to get on your standup show. So how do I talk to that person without that person thinking I'm talking to them only because I want something from them? You couldn't have teed up a better question for my response. Okay, Perfect. Kristen? Because have you ever read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Mm-hmm. I'm illiterate. So when okay, I learned well then, how to read, when you I'll learn how to it. read, yes. I want you to read that book. Maybe that's why you thought that networking was douchey because you never read that book. I exactly. actually have because, that book. Okay. I have it. And it's what always did you read, yeah. No, No, because books are decoration. That's true. If you want to look smart, just put a bunch of books around you. They're sleep aids or they're decoration. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I'll use them one day. You said you're a comedian, <laughs> Kristen? Apparently. <laughs> Just on this podcast. But yeah, it literally all comes down to your intention. So is your intention, like, here's one of the best things that I hear on if I go on a date with a girl, right? I just want to tell you, Adam, like, you're such a good listener. I love talking to you because you're like, you're listening to me. You hear me. And I'm like, yeah, like, I put my phone down and I'm, listening to and I'm talking to you. Well, doesn't every guy and every girl on a date, like that's kind of why you're hanging out, right? Mm-hmm. Like not to do business. Yeah. But, but the point is, like you actually have to give up about what the other person is saying. So like if you go back to the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, asking questions, but like not just for the sake of like, all right, I asked my three questions, there it was, but like for the sake of generally trying to understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm the number one sales tactic you could possibly use. So I talked about at the beginning when I was a cold caller and whether it was like movies like The Boiler Room, Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street, Gary Gen Ross, they had sales pitches, right? And scripts and rebuttals. And they used to say, selling is telling, right? Tell the customer what they need. Well, in reality, that's so the wrong approach. There's a book called QBS, Question-Based Selling. And it's just asking questions of what they need. So for instance, my first job out of college, I told you I did radio sales. So if I'm doing a, if I'm trying to sell you airtime, right? Rather than me being like, hey, this is why you need to advertise on the radio because we have the best frequency and we have the best amount of listeners. And like what I should have said is, are you doing any advertising right now? Are you interested in promoting your business? Oh, you are. Cool. How are you doing that? Oh, so you do a lot of newspaper ads. Got it. How's the success of newspaper been? Oh, so it hasn't been that good. Why? Oh, less people are reading the newspaper. Got it. Well, where do you think like your listeners are? Oh, okay. So you think they're actually more listening to the radio or watching TV? Oh, got it. Well, have you ever considered radio ads. They're like, no, I never have. Well, let me tell you what. And now I'm understanding where they're coming from. 
But imagine if I'm like, oh, so here's you know, the radio sales. Like, oh, what's wrong with you? Like, that's sort of the example that you gave, Kristen, initially. It's like this like douchey, not listening, not understanding the customer approach. Yeah, of course that's douchey. But if you're generally asking questions, and I just gave an analogy of radio sales. It could be like, so how long have you been in Miami? Oh, you just moved here two months ago. This is a conversation I had last night. Oh, like with a girl at a holiday party. Oh, how long you been in Miami? Oh, two months. Oh, well, welcome to Miami. Like, what made you move here? Oh, you were sick of LA? Why? What's wrong with LA? I hear crazy stories, but like, what have you seen? Oh, the homelessness? Is it really that bad? Like, what have you seen? Oh, like you got attacked by a homeless guy? Oh my God, like what happened? And now I'm talking to this girl because I generally care and I'm listening. So what am I saying? Like, ask questions, not make statements. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I teach guys how to banter with women online. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I talk about online, online and in person, but mainly okay. online so they can get girls yeah. off the apps and onto dates. It's a different skill speaking over the internet, obviously, yeah. than in person. So one thing that I've talked about with the guys that I work with is asking questions is good, but the girl wants to remember you and have something to hold on to about you as well. So instead of just asking questions, asking questions, how do you insert who you are so they have something to hold on to? So they're like, oh, I like that guy. Obviously, he listened to me, so I liked him because Mm -hmm. he listened to me. But what about him, besides the fact that he listened to me, can I fall back on? What made him interesting? You know, because anyone can ask questions, but then what's different about you than the other guy who's asking the questions and listening? Sure. Well, obviously, you have to make some statements after you ask. You can't just be like a question whore. Like, it's like a question, 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 question. Like, you need to <laughs> insert like some feedback. But rather than give you hypotheticals, why don't I show you, like, give mm-hmm. you an example of a text message with a girl Perfect. that I'm texting with right now? Yes. Okay. So, this is a text message. This isn't like on an app or whatever. It's a girl I met. In person, in public, I actually think this girl's kind of dope, but she was on a flight and something happened on the flight. I was like, oh, how was the flight? Did you get where you were safely? Yeah, cool. Boom, 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 boom. I said, oh, I, she's out of town. I said, oh, I'm going to be traveling out of town this weekend. When are you back in town? Whatever. Normal banter, okay? And I said, oh, I might be going to Aspen this weekend. I'm going to Aspen in February, just for the what? record. Yeah. Okay. In February. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it doesn't matter. So not this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> not to just do this weekend, Kristen. No. no okay. But Thank you. if you're there in February. All right. Well, when you're there in February, <laughs> call me and we can talk about what I did in December. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then she says, all right, because we're asking questions, this girl, I'll leave her name out of it. And she goes, Oh, I've never been to Aspen. I would love to go. Have you ever been to Colorado? But she asked me a question. I said, yeah, it's been quite a while, but I lived in Denver for a year when I started doing stand-up comedy. So now I'm giving her a little insight. Like, I'm not going to come out the first time I ever meet her. Hey, I used to be a stand-up comedian. Girls like funny guys. You like me now, right? Like, I'm going to slow play it. And I know that usually when they see like a guy who's like a business guy and he's like, you know, a ladies romantic or whatever. And you're like, oh, I actually used to be a teacher and a stand-up comedian. I know that girls are going to be like, oh, really? Mm -hmm. Like... I'm not using that as like a pickup line. I, girls like guys that are funny and that all that stuff. She goes, oh my God, you were a stand-up comedian? Comedy, that's my favorite thing ever. She goes, I'm a big fan. I said, really? How big? Right? She's like, it's literally my favorite thing ever. I don't know how to explain this, but I love going to clubs. I go to LA to the comedy store. She's going yada, 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 yada. And now I can say, well... Again, I'm mostly getting 80% of her story while I'm doing 20% of the questions. Now she's intrigued. Now she's like, all right, hold on. Guy who I gave my number to that I thought was cute, but you never know with these guys out here. Now he's asking me questions. He's an active listener. Now she's basically saying like, wow, that's amazing. That gives me the opportunity to be like, well, yeah, I stopped doing stand-up comedy because I got into finance. Because I wanted to actually make some money. But actually, recently, I opened up a comedy club in Miami. And I also have a podcast. And we have all these big comedians come on, such as so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Name drop, name drop, name drop. She goes, oh, my God. And then without like naming names. You dropped like, my name. 
I dropped Kristen. She goes, that's my favorite comedian. <laughs> Ever. And I say, I say, awesome, Kristen, or this comedian. I go, you'll be on my show in two weeks. She goes, oh my God, I would love to come or something like that, right? And I go, okay, cool. I'll keep that in mind. Got like, got to run. Let's talk later. So like, I didn't be like, cool, like in two weeks, what time? I'm like, cool, two weeks. Got it. Got to run. Bye. Yeah. You know when to leave. Why did I stop the conversation then? You go out on a high note. I'm out on a high note. Like if you learn anything in stand-up comedy, oh, they, I just crushed it with the joke. I'm out. Mic drop. I'm out. Yeah. So I got in. I asked my questions. We had some banter. I, I told her about myself in a, a sentence or two or less. I used to do stand-up comedy, got into finance, aka I have money now, mm-hmm. but I'm still funny. I still do a show, blah, 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 blah. Hype myself up a little bit, like ingratiate myself with her. Now she's like, oh my God, like this guy that I'm talking to is like, wow, like I'm I actually genuinely beginning to like this guy. Oh, oh, he just left. He peaced out on me. What? Okay, bye, whatever. And she's like, okay, good night. So now what's happening? So do you think she's thinking about me at least a little bit today? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You always go out on the high note. And I always kind of say it's like swooping in like Batman and then dropping them off at their house. And then just leaving where they're like, who was that? Yes. And then obviously Batman shows up again, whereas in the movie he doesn't. But it's the same idea. So with this girl, going back to the networking, how did you strike up conversation with her? And how did you use your networking skills to meet her? If I end up dating this girl, it's going to be very funny if she ever sees this. But (laughs) (laughs) So how did I meet this particular girl? So again, I live in Miami. I've been in the nightlife business. I'm still involved in a bar in South Beach. Marty, when you interviewed me, my co-host of my show, Natalia, yeah, right? That's like my homegirl, my wing woman, right? Yeah. Respect, you know, shout out to the brand. I take her out with me Smart. and she co-hosts my show and, you know, Valuetainment. We have 5 million subscribers on YouTube. We do interviews with all sorts of very famous people, like as of like in the last two months, Andrew Tate, Antonio Brown, Andrew Schultz, politicians, like names that you know. So what's my point is that like we get recognized. Hey, what up, bro? Good to see you. Yo, like, man, can I touch you? I only see you on the internet. Like, I'm sure you deal with this, Marnie. Like, yeah. I see your ads everywhere. I'm sure people come up to you, guys and girls alike, and they're like, No, I just get like the weird looks. I get the weird looks where they're like, I think I know her. Oh, I totally know okay. her. And then they look away. Yeah. Yes. But the point is they know you. Yeah, 100%. And I'm out in a club in South Beach, but I told Natalia. So last weekend, I don't know when this is going to air, but this is December. It was Art Basel in Miami. Mm. And have you ever heard of Art Basel? Yeah, of course. We're okay. super hip. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> While you're in upstate New York, super hip. All right. As I'm wearing my pajamas right now in my house and haven't left in two days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you say super hip if you are, in fact, now super hip today. No, no, <laughs> no. But you're super I'm aware hip of the irony. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Awareness is a very powerful trait. <laughs> so I'm out and getting recognized, whatever, like I have a picture, whatever. Not that I'm fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, but like in Miami, like people recognize me. So I go up and I tell Natalia, we're not drinking, we're not partying, like you can have a drink, but we are here to socialize and network. Mm-hmm. We're here to like, meet people, say, what's up? They're celebrities, invite them on our podcast, all that. And then some, and I go to get a drink at the bar and the bartender is this very beautiful girl and totally like my type, by the way. And I go, she's looking at me and I'm looking at her because I want to drink, but she's like, I know you. And, and for girl ever said, for you gentlemen out there, if a girl ever says, do I know you? Never. Be like, oh, I don't think so. Be like, yeah, you look familiar too. Like, how do I know you? Like, I just kind of mirrored what she said to me. I didn't know her. I didn't recognize her. But she's an attractive girl. I was like, how do I know you? And now we're playing like this, how do we know each other game? Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to be like, well, I have a show on YouTube that has 5 million subscribers. You should check it out. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But like... From my dreams... I don't know how we know each other. That's a corny line, Christina, but <laughs> of maybe course that- <laughs> it is. I'm not serious. People who listen to the show know when I'm serious or not. Perfect. 
I love your banter that we're having. <laughs> so the point is, I'm having banter with this girl at the bar because you asked about banter. And it's just fun. And it's like the whole thing about banter is that it's just fun and playful. It's not too serious, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Like if you start getting serious, it's no longer banter. Now you're having conversation or yes, discussion exactly. or an argument. Yeah. That's not like banter is like, I kind of know you. I think I know you. I don't know. Blah, blah. And I, I was just like, I paid my bill, whatever. Ironically, I don't like hit on bartenders like ever. Like that's just like every guy does that, right? Like, oh, the bartender. But I said, all right, like obviously I gave her a nice tip. And I said, hey, I don't know if you give your numbers ever, but thanks for the drinks. Here's your pen back. I wouldn't be mad if you wrote your phone number on the check. That's cute. Right? Okay. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she went and like did her thing at the, you know, register. And she came back and voila, like the receipt with her number. I'm like, oh. I would love if your phone number accidentally ended up in the tip part. So it looked like you (laughs) tipped her like a million dollars. And then she could just charge it and be like, that's, he wrote it in. I'm now broke because I met this Yes, exactly. Right. No, but that's cute. Yeah. But to be honest with you, like that was the fifth girl's number I got that night. All right. We get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) <laughs> but the point is, I don't mean it like that. No, I'm joking. Meaning, no, like, because I host a show and on the show that I do, it's usually me, maybe one guy and like three or four girls, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm having like panel discussions with women and men about intersexual dynamics and dating and men's role and women's role. So like part of my job is to go out there and talk to women and be like, do you ever do podcasts? Oh, you do? Oh, like, oh, you never? What? Like, Hey, would you be interested? All right, let me get your number. Or I'll even have Natalia get the girl's number. Like, what's more disarming than the girl getting oh, the girl's number, right? I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Everything that you're saying is, like, amazing, right? It's amazing information for the guys that are listening, but I want to figure out a way to explain to them how they can utilize this as well. Because most of them don't have a YouTube following. Most of them are not going out to the places that you're going to. Most of them may not have the charm yet that you have. So I want to, like, try and dumb it down a little bit. And I just need to say this really quickly. So I love finance guys, guys that work in <laughs> finance. I'm obsessed with. And I don't know if, if it was I don't America. Know if this is a joke, but I like where this is going. <laughs> and I'm semi maybe hitting on you. <laughs> but I it might have started with American Psycho minus the murder, obviously. Like, I don't really want that part. But yeah, he made it so attractive. But what I've learned through dating, mm-hmm. especially because I'm only dating guys in the New York area. And so there's tons of finance guys. There is something about finance guys that's very alluring. And it's not just because it's money. But because you guys know how to handle yourselves and you're fast on your feet and you're confident mm-hmm. and you really feel like men. So like, I, like I've been on dates with guys who are like therapists before or teachers. And I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, like a little boring, but there's something about guys in finance. Now, everyone listening to the show obviously is not in finance, but there's a certain quality about guys who work in hedge funds and the Wolf of Wall Street shit that's incredibly appealing. And so I feel like that can be added into the answer of the question Marnie just asked you, which I completely forgot the question she just asked. But it's like a personality type. It's how do you bring this to the real world? It's a personality type 100%. But I think what's what's most important that Adam's talking about is, first of all, he's getting out of the house and he's going and he's interacting with people. And the more Mm -hmm. people that he interacts with, the more people that he connects with, the more opportunities you have to go out again. Like you, before we even started the show, you said, I went to three holiday parties already, like in the past, two days or whatever, right? That's because of networking that you've been invited to those three holiday parties. And yes, it's a part of the world that you're in, but people who don't have jobs in finance or don't have jobs in entertainment can still apply these things in their real life so that they, for example, if they go to restaurants, they talk to the hostess, they connect with her. They talk to the waiter, they connect with them. They talk to the bartender, they connect with them. And then next time they go in there, they say like, hey, Doug, how are you doing? How are your two kids? Like that's for me what I think of as networking. It's really connecting to people. So yes, maybe you can connect them to other people later. Maybe you can get a better table later on the next time you come in. But what you're doing overall is you're building relationships with people so that you have the opportunity for more relationships and more wonderful things 
things to happen in your life. Yeah. Like that's how I see networking. Because I love meeting people. I love connecting people. I love that if somebody comes to me and says, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z, or I need a doctor for this. I have four people that I'm able to say I can connect them to that either are doctors or that are doctors I've gone to. What you're really doing is just like leveraging opportunities, yes, but for wonderful reasons because you're connecting people and you're making connections for yourself. And I think like that's what I wanted to mainly get from Mm -hmm. this conversation. I think you've verbalized it really well and you've explained it so well and it's been able to create amazing opportunities for you. Yes, he could be a douchebag and he could be using it to, you know, step up. But that's also a great thing too if you use it on that level, if that's what you want. But ultimately, it's, it's for connections, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay, so this is really an app you need to have. So many apps that we have on our phones or on our smart TVs are useless and we just let them sit there and we forget that they're there. And a lot of these apps are costing money because they're subscription-based. So Rocket Money, which used to be known as Truebill, goes through all of those subscriptions and lines them up for you and gives you the option to cancel them. So you don't have to search for what you're paying for. Rocket Money does that. If you want to get rid of one of the subscriptions they find, you literally just hit cancel. Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash ask. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash ask. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash ask. The NFL playoffs are here, guys, and I know you want to get betting on them. You're going to waste this season. If you don't, it's almost over. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Obviously, the NFL playoffs, they've got pro basketball, college basketball, UFC, MMA, you name it, they've got it. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. To bring it back to your original question of like, all right, Adam, that's great. You've got this big YouTube platform. Yeah, obviously, okay. So now I'm thinking, okay, like, what did I do when I was 19 years old? Broke as shit. Okay, cool. Like, I ended up dating this gorgeous girl in college, right? And everyone was like, how the fuck did Adam get that girl? (laughs) And it was like, well, number one, 
the reason that she liked me was because I wasn't like desperate and hitting on her like every other guy in the room. Like, what's that story? Like, you ever heard of like the twelfth man story? You ever heard of that? No. Like, twelve guys in a bar, you know, one girl, and eleven guys go up and kind of try to talk to the girl, and the twelfth guy is just kind of like doing his own thing. You know, maybe made a little eye contact with the girl. He didn't go up to talk to her. Who ended up getting the girl? Well, the twelfth guy because he didn't fucking reek of desperation or like try to go hit on the girl. So, like, what am I getting at? Is like. Number one, you said opportunities. A part of when I think of opportunities, I also think of the root word options, okay? Like a problem that a lot of guys have is like this one-itis thing, mm-hmm. at least initially. Oh, I got this one girl's number. I think she's so hot. And I'm all in on this one girl. And why didn't she text me back? But let's say you got five girls' numbers, okay? And you're texting or five business leads, right. okay? Same thing. It's the fact that you're like, you're not relying on this one text or this one deal for your, like how you're like feast or famine. So like I work in finance, I've got a pipeline of deals right now. Here's the reality of deals. If you want to kind of extrapolate that to business relationships, it's like one deal I might make a hundred grand on one deal. I might lose money. on. One deal might not happen. Another deal. I'll make this amount of money. But like the point is I have a bunch of deals in the pipeline. Now, when you're out and dating, and you're trying to meet girls, would you want to get one girl's number and then like hang her hat on every time she texts you or doesn't text you? Right. Or like, oh my God, she didn't text me today. And now you're like, oh, like, or would you rather get three or five girls' numbers? Maybe one texts you back, maybe one doesn't, maybe you meet up with another one. And all of a sudden it's a numbers game. But none of that is going to happen unless you get out there and meet people. Mm-hmm. I always think there's going to be someone that's like, You know, what an asshole. He's talking to five different girls. Sure, that's totally fine. You know, at some point when you get a girlfriend or a wife, then you're exclusive with her. But to get to that point, you have to go talk talk Spread your wings, talk to people, exactly. And then decide what it is you like. Yeah, and listen, I don't have all the answers. You don't think that I've been heartbroken before? You don't think that I've been like, I met this one girl. I thought she was like the main girl. And all of a sudden she didn't text me back. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like I've had my L's in my day. And it's a bit like as a man, like trauma or pain is a lot different for a man and a woman. So like a man, I think it like sharpens a man and hardens a man when he has to deal with some shit and power through with some stuff and struggle and be broke or get heartbroken or like, just a multitude of things. He's like, all right, like, you know, fall down 10 times, get up 11, right? For women, it's a little different. Like, I don't want a woman with too much trauma and baggage. I don't think that's like a great thing for a woman. Like, I think I applaud a woman who has to deal with some shit and comes out better on the other side. So, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation of what men and women have to deal with. But for a man, circling back to you guys, like, dude, all good. Like, you took a loss. Your girl broke up with you. She didn't text you back. You got fired from a job. Like these are all things that shape your life to make you realize, all right, bro, dust yourself off, get back out there. Okay. The girl that I gave the example of, I don't know. She might not ever text me back again. It's all good because I have other things going on in my life. Right. There's a saying in the manosphere chase excellence, not women, because the more excellent that you become, the higher your status, then that's what women are attracted to, right? Mm -hmm. So whereas men are more attracted to beauty, and when I say beauty, I mean external beauty, but also internal beauty. Women, I think, are the most beautiful things on the planet. Not diamonds, not gold, not jewelry, not real estate, whatever asset class is out there, women is at the top of the list. Beautiful women. People will kill for beautiful women. So there's a lot of like hate and shade towards women. Yeah, a lot of people are dead because of me. (laughs) we don't need any of that nobody wants to have Kristen knocking down their door but i think a lot of the people that follow you guys want to get better with women but understanding the better you get at women the better you become with women it's a byproduct of you being more confident Mm -hmm. being more ambitious being on your purpose having something going on in your life business career mindset where that like Things are going to gravitate toward towards you because you're that dude that's confident things are going on and business is going to flow your way and opportunities are going to flow your way. 
and women are going to come your way because at the end of the day, you're putting out a good vibe Mm -hmm. of like, I don't need you. I don't need this deal. I don't need you to text me back. Be great if you do. If not, I'll be fine. There's a million other things out there. So, but a lot of that comes with a guy dealing with some shit, realizing, all right, I'm better now. And ultimately, what are we talking about here, guys? Kristen and Marty, we're talking about self improvement. Mm-hmm. Have I ever told you my like red, my traffic light analogy? No, tell me. Anything with that? Okay, so my background is with money, right? And I use the same analogy when it comes to your status as a man. You know, so if you've ever been at a traffic light, there's red light, yellow light, green light. I used to tell people, like, this is how you get better with money. Most people in America are hovering between red and yellow. What's red? Red is You're drowning in debt, you're paycheck to paycheck, you're barely getting by. Okay, great. Two-thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. So more people than you think are actually in the red light category. Okay, so the goal as a man, as a person, is to improve your status. Let's In this example, it's financial. Okay, so financial status. When you go from red to yellow, all right, maybe now you're debt-free. Now you've saved up some money. You have an emergency fund. You've got a cushion. You're good. Like you're paying your bills. You're not a millionaire yet. You're not even investing yet, but you're not drowning. You're not red light now. You're at the yellow light. The goal at that point is when you save up enough money, save that money, now you can start investing green light, start building your portfolio, you're accumulating assets. And that's when you become a wealthy person. And then the goal is to keep it in the green, not go back down to yellow or certainly back down to red. How does that work for a man? A man is born as a clean slate, right? Like the law of supply and demand. There's a million 20-year-old broke dudes out there. There's only a handful of like successful single 40-year-olds. Who's, for a man, who's more in demand? The successful guy who's been through some shit because he's got money and status and access versus just a broke 20-year-old. So now when it comes to status, most men start off at a red light, right? In the red. You're a fucking 16-year-old kid. You're 20 years old. You're in college. Dude, you haven't done shit in your life. You haven't made any money. All right, maybe in your town you were on the football team. Cool. We haven't done anything, okay? The goal is to move up the status totem pole and become a yellow light. And then eventually when you become a green, that's when you're the CEO of a company or a top salesperson or a famous influencer. But like for a man, you have to go through the trials and tribulations of life of red, yellow, green. For women, it's a little bit different. Because women, because they're not judged on status, they're judged on, again, their beauty, inner and outer beauty. Are you just saying for mating or just like... Because it's interesting, because as you're saying this, I don't resonate with what you're saying. Like for mating, 100%, I do agree with this. But in the business world, like I... for me, I'm a businesswoman and I have also mm-hmm. gone through that red, yellow, and green light. And I know I'm in a man's world, right? Like most people are male mm-hmm. dating coaches for men. So when I go on to my masterminds with other men, like I know that what I've accomplished and how I've fallen and how I've bounced back up to higher and higher levels, mm-hmm. I know that that's super important. They're not looking at me because they're trying to mate with me or partner up with me, they're looking at me in a very similar way. So I feel that exact same drive that you're talking about, like to progress so that we have the status exchange. Am I making sense with what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel exactly like what you're saying. Like I feel like I've gone through that and I, I can feel that all of us on our mastermind calls are looking at each other on that level. It's about status. But this there. isn't Nothing. for dating. It's not for dating, but it's in, this is just still a good conversation because I think it's interesting. All right. How do I say this? Marty, you've built a very successful business. Yeah? Correct. Okay. Which is amazing. How long have you been with your husband? 17 years. Okay. When you met 17 years ago, did you have a successful business? I did not. Okay. So why do you think your husband was attracted to I said to- for mating. For mating, I agree okay. with you. Totally. Okay. But I'm talking about like other interactions, like man to woman. If it's not about sex or dating, it's different. Okay. Well, I'll make my point and then maybe ask the <laughs> question because maybe I'm not understanding it. Okay. The point is this. It's awesome that you built this business. But back to my initial point, the reason that your husband was with you regardless of your business or you yeah. could have worked at Starbucks. He was like, oh, Marnie's adorable. 
Let me go talk to Marnie. Oh, she's also sweet and spunky and nice. Even fucking better. True. But like, that was the initial attraction, okay? So again, women are mostly attracted to status. But yeah. of course, they want a good-looking guy who's tall and successful and cool and sweet and nice and funny and check, 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 check. But at the end of the day, they want a man who at least has status, okay? Financial status, social status, socioeconomic status. That's big for women. This is based on the laws of hypergamy. Men are attracted to beauty. So that's a bonus. Like in your great job, what's your husband's name again? Jordan. Jordan, respect to you, bro. You got a hot, cute one that's also successful, but he would have been just as happy if you were just adorable, amazing wife who supported him. This is just like icing on the cake. Yeah. So all I'm saying is that men and women are judged differently. True. So that's my point. I don't know if you had a, you said there was something you disagreed with. No, 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 no. I was just saying in terms of attraction and mating, I'm totally on the Mm -hmm. same page as you, but when you take it out, like you take mating and attraction out of it and it's just Mm -hmm. interpersonal relationships, you evaluate very differently. It isn't about man or woman. It's just about in the workspace, about status overall. Separate topic. We don't have to talk about that. No, but I I completely agree with you because even, who did we have on our show a long time ago? Daniel Buss who wrote, oh my God, I forget what it was, but he did this anthropological study where he went and he studied like 90 different cultures all around the world to figure out like Mm -hmm. what people were attracted to and if there were actually differences. He went to tribes in Africa, he went to New York City, he went to Florida, like went all over the world. And he found that there was like a set of, again, I'm totally going to quote this wrong, but let's say there was 12 different things that were attractive. And he found that it was very similar in every space and place that he went to. And status definitely was one of them. Social connections was another one. Intelligence was another one. I forget. I used to know these all so well. But I totally agree with you with what you're saying, that overall status is extremely important. Doesn't necessarily mean tied to dollars, but status is huge. Agreed. Yeah. Kristen, what do you think? I agree, unfortunately, because I'm getting sucked into this status attraction. So if I'm swiping through a dating app and the guy doesn't have something to do with finance as his job, if he doesn't have his job listed, if he doesn't, if he's not like a lawyer or something of a higher status, I swipe left. And I swiped, I swiped right on this guy who was a photographer and I didn't know anything about him. He was very attractive and I liked a sense of humor. But I felt like, because I knew nothing about his photography, I didn't know his full name, nothing. But I felt like I was giving up status with mm. him Interesting. because he was a photographer. So I don't know. Does he do headshot photography? Does he, you know, is, is that his full-time income? I don't know. We ended up kind of fading out and not speaking, but... I mean, I hate to say it because I feel bad for the guys listening if they don't have high status. But yeah, I'm very attracted to status and I'm trying to get quote unquote better about it where I'm more Mm -hmm. open-minded, but it is a huge factor for me. But there is a guy that I feel like is judging me on my status. I have a modest business. I do stand-up comedy. I've done a lot of interesting things but I didn't go to an Ivy League college. I'm not the most well-traveled person in the world because I never had the financial freedom to be the most well-traveled person in the world. I'm not the most well-read person. Obviously, as I mentioned, I'm illiterate. So so with this guy, he's in finance and he's really successful and everything in his world is based on social status. And we're really close to each other and we communicate all the time. But I feel like part of him is holding back from dating me because of my social status not being on the same level as he is. Mm. And even though I know I can blend in, you put me in a dress, let me do my makeup the right way. I look like I'm a fucking blue blood. Okay. I look like I could be royalty. Let's get this girl dressed on. All right. Seriously. No, my mom used to always say I looked like a blue blood. But I can fit in and blend in. I can talk about anything with anybody. But I do feel like we really haven't gone forward in terms of really creating like that Mm -hmm. boyfriend-girlfriend relationship because his family would probably not approve of me. Maybe he's not, and I'm not his 
girl, but his family Mm -hmm. is like, no one's good enough for him. So I don't have the accolades. You know, I don't have the, the Ivy league school behind my name. I don't have a graduate degree. I, you know, I went to the university at Buffalo, you know, so in a way I do feel like (laughs) we'll go bills. Yeah, Josh <laughs> Allen. If it wasn't creepy to date a twenty-five-year-old as a later thirty-something, I would totally go after that ass. And he's got a big ass, by the way. It's <laughs> it's kind of juicy. Okay. Anyway, it is. It's kind of plump if you actually look at Josh Allen's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Marnie, what is like the average age or demographic of the guys uh, who listen to but our show? Twenties, thirties, no, like, yeah, thir- exactly. thirty-five to seventy-five. We have a big gap. Okay, so the floor is 35. The floor is 35. Like, we're older women. So if before, when I first started doing okay. this, it was like 20s now, 35 to, to 65, 75. Gotcha. So there's some guys that are older out there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on YouTube, my audience is like 20 to 45. Yeah. Okay. So we have that. So like my advice to a lot of young men is like, it's okay that you're 21 and broke. We all were. Okay. So. I guess my advice for guys my age and older is that kind of what I was saying is that life is long. Mm -hmm. People are living longer than ever these days, right? Generation or so ago, like the retirement age was 62. Why? Because you were dead at 65. Right. Read about Social Security. Okay. FDR, the New Deal. Now you can make it to 80, 90, 100, no problem if you take care of yourself. So as a man, right? This is my opinion. There's three things you can do to be good with women. Three things, okay? And they all start with P. Number one is protection. Like women want an alpha man who like they want to feel protected. And whether that means working out, looking your best, being in shape, being that guy, that is a very attractive quality to women. Mm -hmm. That alpha male protector guy. Taller men, stronger men you know, active, fit men, everything that comes with that, that is a very attractive quality for women. Would you agree, Marnie? I do agree. Yes. Okay. So the second P, this is where I excel at, is being a provider. Like understanding that you got to have money to pay the bills, bring home the bacon. Like women don't like dating a broke guy. So what can you do in your life to improve your net worth and your network? I often say that your network is your net worth. Right. So, like, what can you do to drive more income, more sales, more opportunities, getting out there, putting yourself out there? That's all under that. And the third thing that I will say that I've learned since been doing this show is being present. You know, like when I kind of gave the story of like the girls are like, you're such a good listener. It's because I'm like, I'm there, I'm here, I'm talking to you. Women are emotional creatures. And when I was dealing with a breakup with a girl at one point, I was prescribed the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I literally only needed to read one chapter because I like, got it. We're different creatures. I don't need to read the whole fucking book. I got it. Men are logical or women are more emotional. So when a woman has a problem or a man has a problem, he's just looking to, for like a solution. Yo, what do, you, what do you recommend, bro? Whereas as a woman, they don't want you to try to fix the problem. They just want you to listen and empathize and be there for them. So that third P of being present for a woman is very, very important. So again, this all comes under the category of Mm self-improvement. We could all improve in these things, whether that's your fitness and being a better protector, right? Or your money and being a better provider, or just being a better dude and understanding women and being more present. So the guys, more than anything, kind of back to my like red light, yellow light, green light, The hardest thing to look in the mirror and be like, dude, you're 44 and you're still a red light. That's the hardest thing to do for a guy, right? Mm -hmm. Or bro, you're 50 and why are you at yellow when you should be at fucking green? It's very hard to do. But guys are very big at on like understanding where they're at. So final thought, assess where you're at in life, financially, socioeconomic women, Are you a red? Are you a yellow? Are you a green? And then just keep improving your status. That's the best thing a man can do. I love it. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. We did a masterclass last week with this guy named Patrick James. And he has this 
it's not a theory, but whatever. He has this thing that he calls ACE. So it's like the three things that you need to create massive attraction with women. So you need to have attraction, mm-hmm. you need to have connection, and you need to escalate. This is all within like the first 10 minutes of interacting with somebody. But he was saying that okay. so many guys, especially the guys that I work with and Kristen work with, are so wonderful at the connection part. So maybe even being present, like just the one P or mm-hmm. the connection part. But there's shit at doing the escalation, which is taking things to a more sexual place. And they're really bad at creating the attraction. And I think what you're saying as well, like is when you have all three of these things, when you have that you can provide when you, what was the first one again? Protect. Protect. And you can be present. Like all three of those together are what makes you the high status man that women are absolutely attracted to. Not millions mm-hmm. of dollars in the bank, but you know what I'm talking about? Like it's not just about that, but it's like these three things together make you a high status man. And mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. All right, we're going to wrap up this show. But Adam, that was amazing. Thank you. Maybe we should just have like a free-flowing conversation instead of me picking a specific topic because I love, I just like the way that you think. And because it's funny, when I was on your show, you asked me really good questions that I've never been asked before. And I, I've been thinking about one of them. I had a huge discussion with my husband after because you asked me, would I rather... Actually, Chris, maybe you can answer this question too. Would you rather be married to a guy that sometimes cheats on you, like goes away and sometimes cheats on you, but you're so happy, you're so in love, you do wonderful things, he's got money in the bank, you live this really fun lifestyle, or would you rather be with a man who never cheats on you, is loyal to you, but it's kind of like, kind of like, blah. Like, you know, it's even keeled, it's not so exciting, but it's nice and safe. And I, I didn't really know how to answer this question because I was thinking, do I know that he cheats on me? So I started, have you watched the show White Lotus? No, I don't watch TV. Okay, so in the second season, uh, what the fuck? You don't read, you don't watch TV? You guys are... No, I read, I don't watch TV. <laughs> I know, Kristen doesn't read, you don't watch TV. God, oh, gotcha. God, I can't believe I'm talking to you guys. So on White Lotus, the second season, there is this couple that is like so in love. They have three children, which should make them highly stressed and not so wonderful with each other. But they're so in love with each other. And he cheats on her all the time and she knows about it. But she talks about how she compartmentalizes. And she's just like, she takes it in, she breathes, and then she just like poof, it's out of her head. So I think I'm going to adjust my answer that I gave to you on the show. Because I was leaning more towards... Like if it was between those two, I was leaning more towards the blah relationship because I couldn't handle somebody being cheated on. But if I could do what that woman did, Mm. I think I could be okay. I think I would enjoy that life more. It was interesting. I'm just saying you give like really good, thoughtful questions because I did think about that for a long time. Yeah, well, I'm not encouraging cheating. I'm just, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's just interesting because you think about those things. I just recently said I would, there's this guy that I, was so connected to and like it was just like an immediate whoa but he had a girlfriend and I know that he cheats on his girlfriend but I admitted the other day I was like I should just be married to that guy I know he'd be cheating on me but I wouldn't care I would rather have him and not that I would want to be cheated on but I would Mm -hmm. just kind of turn a blind eye know that we're each other's person he's mm-hmm. kind of a gross dude in certain ways but i'm not paying attention to it and <laughs> that's fine with me because it's i've hit the point where it's like well better than being alone <laughs> for eternity so yeah i was just saying this literally like a couple days ago and i never thought i would say that but <laughs> yeah well because the higher status a guy the more you're willing to put up with well I'll say one thing about this, and I'm not like encouraging cheating or whatever, but like guys are capable of being madly in love with their woman, with their wife, with their person, and then going on a business trip in Vegas and some stripper takes them the back and whatever happens. And he could think nothing of it. He's not thinking about leaving his wife. He loves his life. He loves his wife. It was a fucking a random situation in Vegas or in South Beach or New York or in a fill-in-the-blank, whatever. It has nothing to do with his life. And it's not a reflection on you. It's not like you're doing good things. It's just guys are fucking guys. Genghis Khan had 10,000 baby moms. 
Okay, like this is the DNA that we come from. So women are wired a little bit differently. I think you guys would agree for a woman to do that, they need to like be completely detached emotionally from their relationship to like really truly go down that path and cheat on their man. So it's just that men and women are wired different. Okay. And again, I love women. My favorite thing to talk and hang out with, but we are a little bit different. So don't cheat, gentlemen. But God forbid something happens. Women, don't break up with your man that you love, that you have an amazing life with because he fucked up one time, okay? Yeah, I'm telling you, it makes you think about these things. I just don't know if I could be able to get past that. But if I could, like this girl in the show, I would do it. I just don't think I can, but I hope I never have to find out. But anyway, thank you, Adam, so much for coming on. Guys, go watch Adam's show on Valuetainment. It's on YouTube. He said he has 5 million subscribers. It's a really good show. And he just like really probes his guests to think about things in a different way. Maybe a way you don't agree with, maybe a way you do agree with, maybe a way you never thought that you would agree with. But I highly encourage you to go check it out. So Adam, again, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you, Marty. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out on Thursday at 5pm Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show and pass it along to anybody that you know that could use the information that we share. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. 